gentlemen, welcome to... Could it be the season finale of Devil's Due? No, because we're going to keep going after this. But regardless, welcome to Devil's Due. Court is now in session. I am your host, Carl Duty. With me, as always, is the man who knows how to properly use the three seashells, Mr. Drew Celestino. That, and it, it, believe me, it took longer than you think to learn how to do that. Well, there were no instructions with them. No, man, you're They're on your own in there. They're on the shelf. That, and you know what? Whatever you imagined, it's probably accurate. Oh, jeez. Uh, finale. Finale. Yeah, kind of. I mean, this way, we, yeah, this could be the season finale. And, then, we, and then after after this, we're gonna we'll do have, some fun stuff. Uh, we'll have some, some very special episodes, some one offs. You know, with, yeah, with like more you know, dealing with ad- addiction, and you know, we'll bring in uh, yeah, insert celebrity here to give a yep. speech before the show. Yeah, and, yeah, and after with a phone number possibly if you need help. There you go. See. I, yeah, we got we, we we've we've done this before. TGIDD. <laughs> Thank God. It, yeah. Okay. Sure. Thank God. Yeah. The devil's do. Uh huh. Uh huh. All right. Our, our, yeah. Daredevil and our show have a very uh, suggestive alliteration or abbreviation. That is. Just saying. Anyway. How how you doing, sir? How was your week? Uh, was a week. Oh. There's been a trend here with this, I guess. Your your weeks are always so much more eventful than mine. Are they? Let's. Hmm. No, not well. So it was a good week, although well, for, for the for the most part, uh, the usual usual uh, problems are the usual problems. We'll keep that off off the show. But uh, other than that, um, I uh, I started vocal lessons on Monday. Really? First time since college. Wow. Yeah, that was a good time. Now is this. Did you do this in order to um, try, try to in, get myself in improve shape, or to avoid? Because I know, like, degradation of a voice Both. becomes a problem with singers yeah. as time goes on. Uh, mostly to improve, but also long term, probably to, to to longevity. Cool. So, yeah, I've made it a mission to kind of get better and stop just slacking. I've been a hack for you know my entire <laughs> life, so. Why not train for something? <laughs> My, you are training for mediocrity. That's, well, I'm already no, I'm at joking. mediocrity, so I'm you know joking. if I could take a step to above mediocrity, above average, that We're, would, that would we be good. Are always trying to improve ourselves, not only here on the Devil's Due, but also in Drew's amazing metal band, The Long oh, Cold Dark. Check them out. Yeah, do that. Please. We're playing tomorrow, but you're not by the time this show goes on the you air. You will have played. I will have played. But by the time this show goes on the air, you could make the October second show in Niagara Falls at the mm. Evening Star. I'm just saying. Mm. Just saying. And you can also find your band stuff on iTunes and iTunes, Bandcamp, Amazon MP three, uh band I said Bandcamp already. Yeah, we're all over the place, man. Cool. C D baby, uh Amazon proper. We I think we have some physical inventory up there. Yeah, we're yeah, we're all over we're all over, man. Cool. The Any, long cold dark. Anything else going on? It was the first week uh after the Cruiserweight Classic has ended and I felt there's an there's an emptiness. <laughs> there's, on, it's, just, it's just over now, and it's sad. I know the feeling. The cruiserweights did debut on Monday Night Raw, though. Four of them for a number one contender shot for the cruiserweight title at the pay per view that's coming up on Sunday. That no one has seen, and no one knows who the champion is because they didn't introduce him on Raw. But they did introduce four guys who are going to contend for his title on Raw. All righty. Hashtag WWE logic. <laughs> How much do those pay-per-views go for nowadays? 
40, 30, 40 bucks, I guess, for a regular one. Mania is going to be like 60 to 100. That's not uh, horrible considering see, like what you, like a UFC or a, a boxing pay-per-view goes for. The beauty of the WWE is you can just pay 10 bucks a month and get the network and you get everything mm. all at once. Oh, that's cool. Including all the original programming and all the old pay-per-views anytime you want them. So Neat. it's not a perfect app, but it's a great app. So if you're into wrestling, it's pretty, it's pretty dope. All righty. How about you? What'd you do this week? Um, hmm, what did I do this week? I we should really prepare for this segment. <laughs> no, I think the spontaneity <laughs> adds to its charm or lack thereof. Mm-hmm. Um, I jumped. I, I was going through. I was very happy with the new uh, PlayStation operating system. Ah, I did that too. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And I did the folders, so I got all my games. Got a couple in myself. One folder mm-hmm. and whatnot. And I was going through, like, putting the games in the folders. You know how, like, if you don't play something for X amount of time, it takes it off the cross-media bar. And it Is that how it works? Lot. Yeah. If you don't if you don't play, play it for, like, X amount of time, it'll take it off the cross-media bar and put it into the library. Okay. So there were a bunch of games in there that I literally forgot I had because they were, like, PlayStation Plus games or, like, just, like, downloadable games. So I'm going through. I'm like, oh, Strider. I remember this as being really good, and now that I come to think of it, I never finished this. The is that is that a remake of Strider? Yes. Okay. It's like one of those HD remakes. Gotcha. You would very much enjoy it. Uh, it's, okay. It's Castle Metroid. Castle Metroidvania. Metroid yes, that's, that's the term. Yes, that's it my favorite very, genre. You, would, I think you would very much enjoy it. So you should go about picking up. All right. Um, I saw a couple other games in there. I'm probably going to tackle after that. Um, back to work this week, which is never fun after almost a week off. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, oh, the boy. Solid foods. Solid foods, we, eh? We had our first, we had our first experiments with solid foods this week. 90% went well. But that 10%. Uh, well, you know what? There's, there's <laughs> sweet potatoes. Uh-huh. Which are great. Yeah. Everybody loves sweet potatoes, including my son. Um, then there are peas, which I maintain should not be eaten by themselves, I can but eat should peas. just be used as an ingredient. I'm fine with peas. William is of the same thought as I am on this subject, because he protested... Violently? Yes. Okay. ...about being given peas, so we're going to see about mixing those in with something else, maybe a carrot or sweet potatoes. Okay. But So yeah, there was that, and then he rolled over by himself for the first time. Which was pretty awesome to see. I never thought the sight of this like little, you know, twelve, thirteen pound meat sack just rolling Accurate. over from one side to another. Not like keeping going, just one from flipping from front to back would bring me such joy. Did it bring him joy? Um, he was brought joy by the reaction that everyone else had of him doing. Okay, so it's a show now. Now he's gonna start. Yeah, now yeah. he's like. Now it's like, oh, if I do this, I get the good reactions and people people go crazy. All right. So yeah, so that that was cool. That was cool. You you'd be surprised. Like, obviously, your perspective changes drastically once you become a parent. But you'd be surprised what you get excited over. That's really mundane and trivial stuff. I would imagine. But yeah, but that was good. So yeah. Now we move on to the section of the show that is quickly growing to be a favorite amongst our listeners. Oh? And I believe amongst us. That is the viewer mail section. 
I know I like it. I, if if the viewers like it as well, viewers, listeners, viewers, they're whatever. the ones sending in the questions. Listeners, we have uh, yeah, listeners. That's that's true. Listener mail. I, mean, I, I guess you can watch the the little counter yeah, yeah. on your iPhone go up if you want. But Technically, not really. So we have fun. questions from uh, Mr. Alan Waiters and of course Mr. J. Gelsomino. We might have to write them a theme song. Might we'll see. have to. We'll see. No promises. So Alan Waiters. Yes. Is he sent us? He sends two. He sends three questions. One question we're gonna discuss with him because more like show techie stuff. Okay. Um, when we see him next, his first question: Mephisto has been confirmed to be in the MCU. For those of you not know, the Marvel Cinematic. Hold universe. on, pump the brakes. Yeah. Why did this happen? This happened like this past week. Oh, is this a Shield thing? Uh, well, it, it, hold on. Okay. Hold on. Yes, that is also... We're going to rewind a all little right, bit. All right, all right. That is also what I did this week. I watched S.H.I.E.L.D., the season premiere yeah, yeah, of yeah, S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. with Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider. He looked cool. He looks cool. Uh, you don't like Robbie Reyes. That's your problem. It's not I don't like Robbie Reyes. Here's the thing. He's just straight up killing people. Well, like, there's, a reason, there's a reason killing for that. people. He's not the ghost... He's not the same He doesn't have ghost the pendant stare? No. He's, his possession is not Johnny Blaze's and Dan Ketch's possession. It's different. You'll see. All right. Trust me. Okay. I want my Johnny Blaze and my Dan Ketch. They, they might show up. I'm not crazy about the car. I love the car. I, I, listen, I love cars. I love the car. I, I hate, on the surface, I hated it, too. Reading the book, it's fun. I like it. It looks, it looks cool. The visuals in the show themselves itself were yeah. great. Like, he looked good. Okay. The car, the visual effects they did on the car looked great. I saw the, great. Saw the, the clip of the, the tires on fire. Yeah. It looks dope. Yeah. So, holding out. All right. It's it's not my Ghost Rider, but I'll give it a shot. Stick it out. Okay. So, uh, going back to questions. Alan Waiter said, uh, Mephisto is confirmed to be in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Do you think he will be in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Doctor Strange or Infinity War, and of course, casting. Who would you like to oh, see play oh Mephisto? Uh, okay, so hang on. First off, wet, where did this get confirmed? This was on like comic book resources. And oh, well, they're, not, of, they're not even reputable anymore. They're reputable. Eh, not really. This was on, it was it was on all the the normal. Did Kevin Feige com- confirm yes. this? Yeah. Okay, so has he shown up already? No. But they're saying he's in. They're saying he's. But going he hasn't in. shown up yet. Right. So he's not in. He's hypothetically in. Listen, the guy who calls the shots on the Marvel Cinematic Universe has said Mephisto is going to show up. Oh, all right. All right. If he, okay, if he, if that's he's going to show up. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, it won't be on Shield. It eh? won't. No. And even if it were on Shield, that doesn't really count. Does the the Robbie Reyes Ghost Rider not have dealings with Mephisto? Not directly. Not in the series that they gave him that I read. No. Okay. Right. Um, and plus, Agents of Shield is canon. Kinda? No, it's canon. Eh, it's canon if Marvel's Marvel. It's, it's canon if Kevin Feige decides to give a crap about what they're doing on Agents of Shield, it, it which fills, he doesn't. It so, fills in the cracks between the films. That was the idea, but trust me, that in practice is the, the films could not care less about the show. That's and the fine. show and the show is at the beck and call of the films. So to me, yeah, kind of it works, but in practice, it's just a show, and that's all it is. Anyway, it's it's okay. Um, casting, I would say, 
well, I'm sorry. He's going to show up in Doctor Strange, if anything. And then, if not there, definitely Infinity War. Yeah. Or Infinity Gauntlet, whatever you want to call it. He was, like, that yeah, he's there. He's, he's bootlicker and sure. Infinity Gauntlet. Um, casting, you know, it's a little late now, unfortunately, but Tim Curry would have been pretty dope in the in the full uh, uh, legend devil getup from Mephisto. I think I got one better for you. Okay. Willem Dafoe. Sure. Go back to the... Uh, you don't even have to go back. Just get them now. No, no, I know. Would that be confusing for uh, common folk who Why? don't? Because he was in Spider-Man. Chris Evans was in Fantastic Four. True, true, true. You're not confused. No, I'm not, but I'm not most people. <laughs> Sorry, most people, but this is America we're talking about here. Okay. Superman, Batman, gonna fight Captain America. <laughs> All right, here's Alan's next question. Difference. Okay, go on. Uh, this this one you're going to have to tackle completely. This is a little niche I hope all these guys listen to the show, but it's a, it's a little niche Okay, I like niche. Drew. Yes. With Halloween coming soon. Yes. What superhero or supervillain cosplay costumes is best f- befitting the bros of bro day? <laughs> Start with J. Gelsomino. J. Gelsomino uh, should be, oh, God, uh, Shatterstar. Just because of the hair. <laughs> yep. The unkempt mane coming out of the headgear yep. would just be magical on Jay. There you go. That's go on. Rapid fire. No, no, that that was the question. <laughs> so that's it. Yeah. He's saying all the guys who go to your bro day thing. But he just named Jay. Anyone he else? He said start with start with Jay. Jay. Oh God. Okay. Um. Um. Mike and Tim Book are both very tall gentlemen. Um, tough call. Due to them being brothers, mm, they're not twin brothers, though. I was going to say the Mauler twins from Invincible, but... Tomax and Zamon? Yeah, but they're a little big for that. And they're, again, they're not twins. Hmm. Who are some notoriously tall heroes? I think the only hero that's known for his height is Wolverine. Well, they or can't Puck. do that. Um, crap. Wait, well, actually, wait a minute. What about some of those image guys? The, on, on, like the 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 format for the image '90s team. So you want to go like Young Blood, something like that? Because the format was every '90s image team had um a guy with claws, a guy with a cybernetic arm, and then one big guy. That was like the rule. They all had to have that trifecta. Yeah. So they could be one of the big guys. I don't know who. All right. Bad Rock, maybe. Sure. One of them. Fine. Cool. Don't you mean bedrock? Um, <laughs> OG. Oh, uh, and let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Alan could be. Um, Got to be Luke Cage. Alan could be Luke Cage. He's angry. Yeah. Yeah. Alan could be Luke Cage. <laughs> okay. And uh, that's that's. And as for myself. Um, I, I'm terrible. I can't cosplay. I'm too little. So, then you know, puck. Nah, nah. Wolverine. Nah, nah. you've got the temperament. Uh, um, nah. I'd have to hit the weights. <laughs> I'd have to grow body hair in places I don't want to. It'd just be <laughs> start smoking cigars. It would just be a whole mess. Hey, sir, do not knock a good cigar. Eh, not for me. All right, 
Which brings us to the questions from Mr. JGL Smith. Oh, okay. I shall ask you since you asked me first last week. All right. I think. I don't know. We don't know. Drew. Y'all. Following the events of Top Gun. Yes. Which reminds me, the results of our poll are in. We'll get to those after the... I honestly don't even care about the results of the poll, but go on. Following the events of Top Gun, does Maverick find himself as an instructor at the Academy? Yeah, he got the job. Yeah, but do you think he took it? Oh, sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Does the Goose Memorial second place plaque find its way into the women's room as a sly tribute to his best friend? Yes, definitely. And then Maverick banged Kelly McGillis next to it. Possibly on it. <laughs> Lastly, does Iceman also come back to teach? Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, he did. All right. And then, like, there was a huge power struggle between Mav and Iceman. And then eventually they settled that like they did, you know, in the uh, in, in, in the movie. All right. They just eventually respect each other. Gotcha. You can be my vice principal anytime. <laughs> Bullshit. My ass. You, you can, can be, be mine. mine. So you even know the movie. Iron right. Eagle stole a better movie. In what? Never mind. Never mind. Not even worth it. Uh, better Randy Savage opponent. Ooh. This is a good question. Okay. Too. Hit me. Ricky Steamboat. Ric Flair. Ooh. Or Jake Roberts. Ooh. I know my answer. Uh. This, it's your question. This is reaching back to my day. This is tough. Okay, here's the thing. The criteria here is, like, insane. The Ricky Steamboat, Macho Man Randy Savage match at WrestleMania 3 stole the show. Sure, Hogan, Andre, and all that crap, but, I mean, that was just, that was spectacle. Technical classic was Savage and Steamboat. Then you got Flair, who, with the the Photoshop pictures of him and and Elizabeth and all that, that that was epic. They went, and, you know, Macho Man legit freaked out and... So that was that was deep, and then Jake Roberts, the, the, the Cobra, yeah. bit him on the oh, arm. Man. Unfortunately, I, I remember the visual of the Cobra, yeah. and nothing, and not so that, much like, the feud or the match into my psyche. Yeah, how did how did what was the story behind that? How did they? Oh, they devenomized the Cobra, so we still had the fangs. Oh yeah, but it was yeah, and to and Macho Man was only he only agreed to do it if Jake got bit first. <laughs> So behind you know, backstage, Jake had the cobra bite him to prove it was okay. Wow, horrifying, right? That's crazy. I know. That's crazy. Um, I'm gonna go just because I'm a I'm a, a bit of a purist, and to some degree, I'll go Ricky Steamboat just because the match itself is fantastic. The, okay. the, the feud might not have been as hot as the other two, but for the work done in the ring, that's 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 my that's my answer. All right, I I think I would have to go with the jake roberts one just because the cobra it's it's a hell of a visual yeah i loved ricky steamboat when i was a kid i did, wasn't as crazy about when we started dressing up in dragon no costume. one was no that was, that was bad that was really harsh thanks vince okay time for my questions Alrighty then carl yes do you think hooper kept the other barrel he and brody swam back on we see one in brody's front yard in jaws too I think yes. Okay. Obviously, I think that's like their kind of their charm necklace, the heart and two pieces. <laughs> the lock and key, if you will. Exactly. Okay, sure. So, yeah, I, th- I think he, he definitely uh, kept that. Okay. And who would win 
in a fight using only broadswords and a mace. Hmm. The capital city goofball hmm. or Tito Puente. Oh. The catch. The setting of the fight is in a windstorm in Wyoming. That's tough. Because capital city goofball is difficulty performing in windstorms. Um... It's Tito Puente. <laughs> the man's got hands like lightning. <laughs> but broadsword's not a weapon of swift. You know what? I'm going to say Tito Puente only because I'm guessing he ditches the broadsword and just goes with the mace. All right. All right. I'll accept that. Yeah. So definitely Tito Puente. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for sending in your questions to us. We appreciate it. We appreciate your support. We had a lot of likes on our, our uh, last episode boost. We appreciate that. The best thing that you all can do to help us out, to help get the word out on the show, when we post about a new episode, please, whether it's on Twitter or it's on Facebook, please retweet that, share that status, get the word out, tell the good folks about the show. We appreciate it always. And if you want to reach us here at The Devil's Do, you can do so on Twitter at Devil's Do Pod. You can search The Devil's Do on Facebook or go to facebook.com slash Pod, Or you can email us at thedevilsdopod at gmail.com. And again, we appreciate all your emails and questions, and we look forward to them every week. So, for a second week in a row... Oh, my God. We have a guest. We have a gentleman who has been a listener of the show, but we didn't just bring him on for that. Uh, we've known this gentleman for... For some time now, and he is a, a man of authoritative knowledge on comic books. He is a comic book writer and creator in and of himself. His comics are available at locations I'm sure he will be able to disclose to you. We welcome to the show Mr. Michael Hoffer. Mike! Good evening, gentlemen. Hi! How you doing? I'm doing all right. It was very difficult to stay quiet that long. You guys really, <laughs> you guys did a really good job of tying that gag. I just finally got through it, and I had to gnaw through it with my teeth. Well, you, you did it. We, you know, we do what we can. Well, but yeah. you do have a strong jaw, sir. Oh yeah. Well, that's you know, <laughs> that's what the ladies think. Ah, oh, look at that. <laughs> we brought out the gimp. Yes. <laughs> 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 Yes, it's great to finally be on. I, I know that I've been name-checked a couple of times, so I'm glad that uh, people will finally be able to put uh, these dulcet tones with the name. I hope that we have uh, enough jokes for you this time. <laughs> yeah, I heard this, this <laughs> criticism. I'm just, you know, just a little bit of, little bit of humor, maybe a little less dry. That's all. <laughs> Shut up. That's a joke, see? Yeah, see? It's a joke. It's Carl's, wow. it's Carl, Carl's idea of a joke. All right. <laughs> Carl's idea of a joke. We're, we're funny. We're jokey. We're quippy. <clears throat> funny looking, maybe. Yeah, definitely that. For sure. Uh -huh. well, yeah. uh -huh. 1930 called. Wow. It doesn't want to talk to you. I don't get it. Well, it's fine. Everybody was depressed back then. <laughs> That's a joke. See? That was the setup for the joke. Good joke. I like that joke. Okay. So Mike is here to help us break down the season finale of Daredevil. Uh, Mike, before we get into that uh why don't you just give us some quick background um like how to, and again quick background of <laughs> how you came into comics Cause we got a lot to talk about we got a lot to talk about yeah sure how'd you get into comics how'd you discover daredevil 
And by all means, let us know where we can find your comics. Absolutely. Okay. So the abbreviated way is uh, in 2001, the X-Men movie was coming out. Uh, I had grown up as a fan of the X-Men movie or as the of the X-Men cartoon in the uh, early 90s as well as other cartoons. But I was a big X-Men fan, and so the movie was coming out. So I bought Wizard because they had a couple of Joe Jusco covers that were promoting the movie. And in it, I found an article about uh, the Ultimate line that Marvel was going to be launching in a couple of months. Fast forward a couple of months, I'm finally in a comic book store, and I come across a copy of Ultimate Spider-Man number 8. And I remember very vividly reading it uh, in the car after my father took me to the comic book store. And it was like gears clicking into place. And I just read that issue and... From that moment on, I was a massive comic book fan, and then everything just kind of snowballed, and now it's become a crippling addiction. Um, They're worse than, you know what? I have friends who have addictions, and I tell them every time they come to that point of self-realization about their addictions, I always say the same thing to them. They're worse things to be addicted to. That is true. Um, I mean, the only chance I have of dying from comics is if all of my long boxes fell on me, but thankfully they would probably crush me into some sort of paste instantly so that's a lot of long boxes i can relate uh, it's um i'm a little uh it's almost at triple digits that's a little terrifying yeah that's a problem yeah i hope you never have to move well i <laughs> hope that i only ever have to move once take it from me <laughs> i moved once with many less than you but around 15 long boxes all that yeah, was no. Not I, I, fun. I only want to move once. Good uh, call. I only want to move those once. Yeah. And the terrifying thing is, like, should I have to move those again? Chances are I'll have more long boxes. Yeah. It might be time to be like, hey, buddies, yeah. I bought you a pizza. Help me move my boxes. As a as a fan, I, I will say sometimes you got to know when to call the herd. No. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I respect Mike that. and I have discussed that. I respect yes, that. Yes. Like, he will never. No. Although I think when he gets a little bit older, he starts. <laughs> <laughs> what have I done I'm with my saying, life? I'm just saying, man. Priorities change. You know that that uh, that dark X Men run is not going to have Listen, the it's value only five to you. It's not taking up that much space. <laughs> um, and then my my uh, my involvement with Daredevil. Daredevil is actually one of my uh, three favorite comic book characters of all time. Um, oh, you're in good company then. Yes. Uh, the other two being uh, Batman. But nothing wrong with that. He's no. My second favorite all time character. And Captain America. He's in, he's in my top three. So yeah. Drew's yeah. second yeah. all time um, character. Actually, although Daredevil is the only one of those characters that isn't yet represented on my body. I have I have a bat symbol tattoo on my right arm and I have a Captain America shield on my left. I, I sense a Daredevil piece. Uh, I, oh, I have a good one. There it's you go. just a matter of uh, money, time, and sadly, because of what I do for work placement yeah 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 it's 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 almost in the worst place but i know exactly where you get foggy on your head (laughs) (laughs) um but i i first came across daredevil uh through the series uh daredevil yellow it was actually coming around coming out right around the time i got into comics i bought the first two issues at the same time and it was the combination of tim sales gorgeous uh ink washed artwork and jeff Loeb's fantastic distillation of of Matt and Foggy and Karen down to like their core essentials in those first two issues that I immediately fell in love with the character started buying the series, the regular ongoing series, which at the time was written by Bob Gale uh, and drawn by Phil Winslade and Luke Ross. Uh, And then after that run was done, Brian Michael Bendis took over his epic run and I've been a massive fan of the character ever since. Cool. Awesome. 
and your your own comics that you create. Yes, you, uh, I have. Tell, tell us a little bit about those and, and where we can find those. I have two short stories up on my website, michaelhoffertjr.com. Uh, that is Michael, the traditional spelling, Hoffert, H-O-F-F-E-R-T, J-R at, or J-R dot com. Uh, and I have two short stories. One is called The Event, A Tale of Alien Visitation, uh, which is... Um, we always knew that aliens were out there. This is a story about what happens when they finally come back. And then the other one is called Press Pass, which is about a reporter uh, in a uh, small African nation state uh, and him trying to get out of the country. Bernie. There you go. Yes. Awesome. And yes, please check those out. And if you like them, maybe you could donate some money. That'd be nice. Money, money's good for creative, yes. creative efforts. Yes. Trust yes. me. Writing comics uh, when nobody is when nobody is backing you is is very difficult. Well, writing them would be easy. It's getting them made. Well, yes, which would be difficult. Well, it's, it's the getting them drawn part. <laughs> yep. Because it's yep. easy to write things, but then you're like, oh man, nobody's going to want to read these scripts. Nope. <laughs> and then you got to then you got to grease the wheels with an artist, and that is expensive. Yes, sir. Alrighty, thanks for sharing that info with us, gentlemen. Gentlemen, gentlemen, it's time to rustle some papers. This is the finale. This is the finale. This episode, episode 13, entitled Daredevil. Only took 13 episodes, but <laughs> Daredevil's here now. You got to build anticipation. You sure do. They, yeah, yeah. They really built a lot of anticipation. And yet it worked. It did. It really did. I think after we get through our traditional episode breakdown, we're going to discuss the season as yeah. a whole. And yeah, I got thoughts. Thoughts and impressions. All right. So we open up at Ben's funeral. No. Um, do either of you know what song they were playing? No. Oh, damn it. I, I, I looked it up. It was on the, It's on the IMDb page, but I didn't make a note of it. I do give them credit for not doing the stereotypical Amazing Grace or, or something equally, you know, Evanescence, maybe, you know. <laughs> hey man in 2003 that was awesome plenty of time to get into that in episodes <laughs> to come so uh yeah um i will i have a note though did you guys ever notice that anytime there's a funeral scene in a movie or a tv show it's always cloudy and dreary and eventually it, it does rain that's called for dramatic effect i, I know i mean nobody yeah. wants to see a funeral scene and then like it being like sunny with I birds would, chirping i would like to see then a it's, sunny then nice it's like then it's like scene. a scene from it's always sunny in philadelphia that's fine comedies funerals are often sunny true the Come fact on. now that i'm thinking about it sometimes uh uh, no, uh most of the time the, well, the, no, like, it's kind of overcast and tommy boy i'm eh, old I'm, school what about what's his name from <laughs> uh uh hot shots when he dies and Lloyd Bridges is giving the sermon. Nice sunny day until <laughs> until the, the twelve gun salute goes off, and then we have a you know a fun funeral. But you know, it was a nice day in that. In that oh, scene. I've got to revisit those movies. <laughs> War, it's fantastic. That was in two, and he was also in RoboCop. Yes, he was. Like, Wait, did you did you? Say and he's Top also Gun George Clooney's cousin. Hot shots. Hot shots, my friend. I thought. I thought I heard Top Gun. No. But that might have been just because oh, I heard it yeah. before. I do love them both, so it's, we, it's yeah, possible. No, those are great movies. I, I, put, <laughs> I put a survey out yeah. in the field yeah. on Twitter yeah. of what, what our viewers felt uh, the better movie was, Top Gun or or Iron Eagle. Go on. We got a total of seven votes. That, the, the, I was one of them. This pool is way too shallow, but go on. <laughs> and uh, Top Gun was 
the winner by well, one. Well, then vote. it was just enough then. Okay, cool. <laughs> Took that highway right to the danger zone. <laughs> ah, see? Seven people can't be wrong, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> but not all seven of them voted for Top Gun. I know what I said. Yeah, one extra person can't be wrong. Right. All righty. So, are we talking about Daredevil? Yeah, we're talking. We're about back Daredevil. on Daredevil now. Okay. We'll rabbit trails here. Now. Sorry. Okay. All right. So we're at the funeral. Um, obviously, it's a very emotional scene, oh, especially yeah. when you see Ben's wife. Yeah. This, but, is a, this is a bad time for her to get coherent. Yeah. Oh, dude. Sorry. <laughs> but they, they, I think that they was did, so mean. I think they did a great job of the playing same. that off. Like in any other thing, like she guilt Karen. Yeah. But she, in this, she basically, she allays yeah. Karen's guilt. Yeah. yeah. There was a good exchange that I, Karen finds out that as much as she may have felt the relationship was father, daughter, in some respects, that in a lot of ways, that's how Ben felt, too. Yeah. Some observations on that. Number one, um, a critique. Uh, she remarks that Ben was always talking about her. Except we never saw that in the show. You don't so, need to. Strike one. Uh, but that's okay. And the other thing that is maybe of more note to us as fans of the comic, they have no kids. Sorry, Tim. That's fine. Not showing up in the show. It's, I'm it's fine a, with it's it. An unne- it's unnecessary. In also, this context, like, yes. I think I've only read one comic where he's shown up. Um, he became the Hobgoblin. Tim Urich and the Hobgoblin? Yep. What the? Okay. Yeah, and I believe when he, did this happen? This happened two last year or two years ago. Wow! All um, right, yeah, he became the hobgoblin. I believe he is the hobgoblin to this day. Well, that's a bummer. Yeah, not as bummer as the redesigned suit was. Ah, uh, comics, everybody. They gave him wings. I don't. Oh. I don't know if you guys yeah. talked about this, but like, did you guys talk about how the choice to kill Ben? Yes, we yes, covered that yeah, last episode. week. Yeah. We, agreed, we agree with it. We felt that uh, ultimately it took the comic readers out of a safe place with the characters. Yeah. Well, I think it also I think it also kind of belays like they didn't know that they were going to be doing a season two. The original plan of these was to do one season of each and lead into the Defenders. And then it, Daredevil was such a success, which is kind of something that you guys will probably touch on in season two. But like Karen kind of fills the Ben Yurk role. Right, that, right, right, yeah. right, right. Uh, yeah. story With the story purpose, which... I mean, as a fan, I would have preferred Ben alive because I liked the Me actor. They, I, I loved yeah. the actor they got to play him, and I loved. Oh, he's he, great. He was fantastic, but the show, you know, it needed stakes. Yeah, and you needed to you needed to surprise the comic readers too. Yeah, totally. Like suddenly you're off balance. You're like, oh, oh my god, I can't believe they they exactly. killed Ben. Yep. Yep. What else could happen? Now, exactly. Now you get the sense that no one is safe. Yep. So, okay, um, we see that. You know, we've got a nice exchange between Karen and Ben's wife. And then we see that Matt is handling this like a good Catholic boy. <laughs> I made that uh, note, too. we all made the same note. <laughs> he blames Handling himself. like a good Catholic boy. And that it, bad, huh? That bad. Uh-huh. Yeah. Matt's guilt is at an all-time high. And that kind of comes with the, the hero's journey. Yeah, I when suppose. There's, when there's a casualty in the war, you well, blame yourself. I also know that you and I also, like, when we watched that first episode... Like you and I were chuckling mighty hard at every time there was a remark about about Catholicism. Yeah, well, Drew was too. He was there too. I'm I'm, not, I'm no stranger to the no, Catholicism. No, I know, I know, but I I remember Carl and I specifically like it tickled us. Hey, you can't shy away from it. It's it's core to the character. Yeah, you know, yeah. and it's so. one of the things I like about the show is that they address it. So okay, uh, funeral's done. 
find ourselves at the Nelson and Murdoch offices. Uh, real quick, though. Yes, sir. Um, well, yeah, no, we're at the offices, but... Uh, well, actually... Karen... See, Ben... Ben's dead. Matt blames himself, naturally. Yeah. Karen, though, gives the shifty eyes to the editor at the funeral. Yeah, she's throwing some shade his way, but that will he's in Fisk's pocket. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll, that, but we'll, we'll, we'll find that. out. We'll, we'll see that in a little, little bit. Uh, I also would like to point out that uh, this episode was written and directed by Stephen Knight, who took over as showrunner ah. after Drew Goddard left to go do the aborted Spider-Man villains series. Thank, um, God. And, Thank God they canceled that. Well, yeah. It's funny how things work out, isn't it? But like, I, I actually think Stephen tonight did a, a great job of taking over sure. from, from the very fantastic. Well, that'll pay off more next season. But, but did he Goddard wasn't, he come wasn't back for season two? No, um, he might have come back in the writers' room, but not as showrunner. Okay. And then Stephen tonight though, didn't Stephen Steve... tonight didn't come back though. He didn't come for season two at no. all. At all? Uh, as far as I know, no. I think the hmm. I think they they raised up two of the the writers, two yeah. of the writers to be showrunners who are also going to be showrunners on uh, Defenders coming. Uh, out. Okay. All cool. right. Alrighty, so at the Nelson Murdoch offices, Drew, as you mentioned, Karen suspects the editor of the Daily... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Bulletin. The Not Daily Bugle. Hey, man, Ben's dead, so all bets are off here. It's the Bulletin now. <laughs> um, they're both kind of questioning where's Foggy. He was noticeably absent from Ben's funeral. Karen is still clearly afraid of Fisk. And Matt is still determined to keep her safe yep they're slowly building the matt and karen thing yeah they're taking their time with it which is okay yeah i would i'd I'd go so far as to say we haven't really noticed it much at all since like there's been yeah it's been a couple episodes since they've really winked at it at all um i think just mainly because these characters haven't been in as much contact as they normally have been prior to matt getting his butt handed to him by nobu and prior to that, though, they had that one scene where Karen like was thinking about Matt when someone when Mrs. Cardenas was talking about Foggy, and it was kind of yeah. like a wink, wink. She's already her mind is on one guy, you know. Yeah. But yeah. since then, uh, that has been kind of it's been yeah. more Matt and Claire. Yeah. Which I'm all about, but I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, Matt will nail anything that moves. Oh yeah. We we have established, established that. that Matt is a Matt gets around. Yes. I believe I sang the song like a record, baby. Yeah. <laughs> oh, please don't. He doesn't always... <laughs> bad, bad thoughts. He doesn't always lead himself with his cane as much as he does <laughs> his stick. Uh-huh. See what I did there? I, oh, I see it. Oh, dear Lord. Right, Matt so, doesn't, but I do. So not a lot really happening in this scene other than that, so I think we can, we're safe to move on unless you gentlemen... No, I actually... Just because I, this is obviously the first time I've been on, I just want to say that I uh, Charlie Cox is awesome as Matt Murdock. Well, yeah, yeah. you guys yeah. can have said it for a while. I just wanted to add in my two cents. No, that's fine. I think the casting as a whole is yeah. strong. It's one of Marvel's best assets, I think, is their casting. Absolutely. They do a and great job. I, I think their Netflix shows, on the whole... Uh, continue that. Yeah, like, there's totally. not There's not a weak link in any of the shows. Some people argue Foggy's weak. Which I enjoy cool. him. I disagree. Yeah, yeah, I disagree. Curtis Hansen is great. I, I think he's great, too. But Fulton some people, Reed, all the way, man. See, I know. Some people think, though, that uh, he's a little weak. But that's also, like, he plays Foggy. I know. I know. I, I know. Like, all, all of the idiosyncrasies, idiosyncrasies that you could say are... are <laughs> weak parts of him as an actor like i would say like no that's foggy nelson yeah more or less anyway yeah, yeah. all right Should've charlie cox is awesome yes yeah. he is we're, we're a fan of the cox uh <laughs> at the fisk's apartment go on we, 
we see a very quick scene here in Fisk's apartment. Uh, Vanessa is there recuperating. Uh, she's insisting on staying with Wilson. She doesn't want to go. Yeah. And they're discussing the uh, the figures that Wesley was working with, setting aside for her to the funds for her to live abroad as things were happening. Yep. Cut to Fisk and Leland. Big scene here. Yeah. Um, Big okay. scene. I have a lot of... This I, is, a lot happens, but there's a little, again, things that I've been thinking about all along now. Like, this is coming great, into play. This is so, a great scene. Leland's playing it cool. You know, you own the block, you own the neighborhood, you can do whatever you want on your property. You won! Yay! You gotta make up the heroin, but hey, otherwise, you, you beat everybody, go, go, team, go team Fisk. And... Fisk says, yeah, great, but, you know, I got some financial matters we got to talk about. numbers that are out of place. Yeah. And uh, at that point, Leland knows the gig is up. Well, he tries to play it off. He tries. And but he's, yeah. he's, he's like, it's he's a show game. bad at it. He's not bad, but, but he can't Fisk control too his... too far ahead of him. <laughs> he can't control the jittering hand or the or the cold sweat that yeah. he's in. <laughs> yeah. Shaking hands sink ships. Like, Leland, did you pee a little there just now? <laughs> Although there is... I, I, I don't remember if this is the first time that you hear it, but he does make a, an interesting comment. Well, hang I, 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 Okay, it's, okay. It's, it might be what I'm thinking of. Maybe. But he confesses. Yeah. And I, at that point, I figured, okay, he's just going to roll over and accept his fate. Oh, no, no. No, no. So... Yeah, me and Gao, we've been working against you, but she's in the wind. I don't know where she is, but don't try messing with me. I've got Hoffman stashed away. He will rat on you in a heartbeat if I don't call every 24 hours to my boys. I've got half your money. See ya! Hoffman, not Hoffert. That's correct. Um, Leland, you you sly dog, you. Yeah, Leland uh, shows some balls that he has been reluctant to display. I think perhaps he has forgotten about a certain car door. Uh, well, yeah, there is that. Well, also remember, he wasn't there for the car door. He That's just very heard about it. But he, but he, heard, he heard word yeah. of it, though. Um, and he also mentions, maybe this is what you're going to say, he mentions his son. It yet is. again. He has mentioned it before. And I, and I have brought it up. And the only reason I do bring it up, because this Owlsley that we see in this show isn't quite the owl as we know him in the comics. No so I'm hair, wondering, no Right. So I'm wondering... <laughs> Does his son, maybe, Easter egg, could be, I don't know, come back in a future season as the owl proper? Or maybe in Defenders. Or Defenders, or whatever. But yeah, just I'm thinking the the villain in the Defenders is probably going to be Fisk with the hand. A little tag team? Yeah. That'd be interesting. Okay. But they could also throw the owl... Yeah, Leland I mean, they Owl-y, could. Owl-y, I, I really, I mean, Marvel for, Marvel's like 90% done pretty good on their outfit designs superhero They're, outfit designs they, they have a good batting average i'm curious what your your 10 percent is i don't think or is it or is it just margin of error just not only just margin of error but just like little things here and there like i think you could do the wings on caps i think helmet, they do. I, I think they do like a good enough job actual with wings coming out of the helmet um caps uh, colors can be a little bit brighter I think they tried that in the Avengers, and they got scared because they derped the mask, which is a shame, because I, I actually think the Cap's outfit in Avengers was fine, except for the goofy mask they gave him. Yeah. But, but um, what are you going to do? Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely, I definitely hope if they bring in the owl proper, as we know him from the comics, that there's a little revamping done to his look. Because we posted oh, a I'm picture sure of the will. owl in the comics It's a little goofy. Page. I'm sure and they will. I mean, just give basi- a, just- it's basically like... You mashed up Wolverine with Phantom of the Opera. 
give him a give him a green overcoat and I'm happy. How about that? Yeah. Green overcoat okay. and some sort of some sort of claw mechanism. Yes, that that's all we need. Okay, so <laughs> my my note here is don't tase me, bro. <laughs> Not only don't tase me, bro, but don't tase him in the ear. Like yeah, you hit me in the freaking ear. Yeah, I was gonna say it's like Fight Club. Like hit me in the ear. And again, and I said this before when when Matt accosted him in the in the parking ramp, Leland, buddy, in your line of work, get a gun, dude. Like, exactly. Get a freaking gun. Well, he's not used to being his own muscle. He he's he he's like me, he's like a leech. He hooks onto the muscle. Given his situation, especially with Fisk and how he's going behind his back, he. I'm, oh, I want to go on this dark. I'm, I'm going in this dark alley with with the guy that I'm going to blackmail. Yeah. Yeah. Take well. take a gun. Sometimes I people also, in high, high stress situations make stupid decisions. As we see, yeah. I, I also notice something else when they're fighting. At one point, and if you you look at the poster, uh huh, the the gentleman in the face paint and the bath towel <laughs> to, to point out <laughs> is that we, what that we is? are at we are at you know Monte Carlo Studios here to this week. We're not in Drew's Cobra Island Studios. Um, and I have a Street Fighter poster hanging up. At one point, Fisk gives Owsley a, like a torpedo, like a Honda <laughs> torpedo. He just like straight up dives at him. I would have marked hard if he gave him the hundred hand slap, but um, <laughs> and then gives him a the bath shaft. towel. Yeah, don't a- you remember his original? It's like it's like a robe, but that he wraps into. Well, his stage his is a bathhouse, yeah. which isn't weird at all. So it's a it's a bathrobe that he. Wraps around. Gotcha. Okay. His waist. Gotcha. Right. Honda. I didn't realize that. Looks I thought it was just some kind of ceremonial thing, but it's okay. No, no. So no. Fisk is fighting Owsley. <laughs> <laughs> Don't interrupt me from talking about Street Fighter. Them, them street fighting words. <laughs> <laughs> or something. Okay, Wait. so uh, Fisk kills Owsley. Yeah. Gives throws him, him down the shaft. An, throws him down an elevator shaft. It doesn't seem to be... Am I the only one that didn't notice that the elevator didn't seem to be so far down that the fall would have he been He was an fatal? old man. Okay. Tell you All what, right. We'll go find a shaft. We'll throw you down there. We don't know how he landed. He could have landed on his neck. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. So Fisk kills Owsley, then gives the order to comb the city, locate Hoffman, and put a bullet in him. Yep. Fisk is getting ornery, uh, as we will see later on. He's a caged rat. It's time to yeah, yeah. All loose ends have to be it's, tied up. It's time to settle family business. Exactly. Well, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that. You're welcome. Okay, so we're at the gym, and Matt is working off some steam. Yeah, Matt's working the bag. Work the bag. Work the bag. The, the, the punching bag, that is. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Foggy walks in. Okay. Gotta clarify. <laughs> now you know he showed the funeral, as he remarks. Um, and Matt, you know, is 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 a little upset, giving the heavy bag some... Yeah. Some, he's he's putting in some work. Yeah. He's... And Foggy kind of remarks, I know you've been coming here. I just stayed out because I figured it was something to do with you and your dad. Yeah. Well, that's nice. Now I know it's something else. Yeah. yeah. And as we find out, Marcy delivers the goods. By the way, good for, and the documents. Good for Foggy. Uh, yes, yes, we, we, we we've, yes. definitely <laughs> good. Good for oh, good for you. At a boy, Fog. At a boy. We're we're happy for Fog. Yeah, yeah. I, listen, I haven't been here. <laughs> 
thought you listened to the show. He's, I he's, do, he said we I, weren't funny. I thought you listened to the show. I do, but I'm a couple behind. Uh, he's 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 hitting way above update, his average right I now. I only update my oh, yeah. once a month. I, I think I think we can. Well, he needs to switch that to weekly, then, sir. It's very difficult. Well, need to switch it to weekly. I have to make sure that I have enough for when I, this isn't important. For the show. <laughs> I ju- I just work here, so so yeah. Um, Foggy still wants to use the law to take down Fisk. Yes. Do we think Foggy's being a little naive here at this point? Um, at this point, obviously, we knows what we know what happens in the rest of the episode. But at this point, do we think Foggy is maybe being a little naive? No, but Foggy also doesn't have the whole picture completely either. Even though he does at this point know that Matt is the devil of Hell's Kitchen, he still he doesn't realize how big everything is yet. All right, I don't think he's being naive either. Uh, an enterprise as big as Fisk's has to have leaks in it, and Foggy is steadfast that they will find them and they will bring him yeah. down. Um, and we see that this scene is also a mending of the fences. A little bit, a little bit. Between Matt and Franklin. They're getting there. They are. The brothers are coming back. They're mending fences. Yeah. Cut to the police station. Mahoney. Uh, not Stop not, buying my mom's cigars. Not, <laughs> not, not Gutenberg, by the way. Yes, not not. Police Academy, Carrie Mahoney. There's no, there's no podium joke that I wouldn't get until years later. Nope, <laughs> nope. Isn't that nope. amazing? Yeah, years later, I was yeah. like, oh my god. That- <laughs> I was told that I, I was told that I, this isn't a uh, explicit show, so I'm not going to say what the joke is. But uh, yeah, yeah. You, yeah. You, now we're with you. Well, you say Police Academy podium joke, and those yeah. who know know. And- yeah. It's like watching Ghostbusters as, as an adult versus also I- didn't get yeah. that uh-huh. until much yeah. later. <laughs> Mind bending, but it, but it never affected me as a kid. No, I know. Is yeah, it, it's like, everybody's it, like, "Well, this is why the new one's better," and it's like it, I just went over my head as a kid. Yep. It's it's like when you were a kid, and you were watching like the old Warner Brother cartoons from like the 30s and 40s. There are jokes that yeah, totally over. Or like all the jokes in Boy Meets World as a kid, which years later, as I'm in my 20s, watching it again, and I'm like, "Oh my god, the parents are always having sex." <laughs> I, I missed out on that show, so I couldn't tell you. Yeah, I'm the right age for it. Yeah, so. yeah. Hoff's a youngin. <laughs> youngin. I'm like a year and a half away from being 30. <laughs> oh, this is a bit of a sore spot for Carl. <laughs> really? Not so much for You're me, You're a year and a half away from being 30? Listen, do you remember what it was like to almost be 30? Didn't it scare the hell out of you? So long ago, I don't remember. It was more recent for me. No, I was I was all about it. Yeah, well, shut up. Okay. <laughs> I embraced it. It scares me. Nah. You'll be fine. Okay, so, at the police station, Matt and Foggy are trying to find out from Mahoney some more information. They're trying to do that with cigars. Uh-huh. Um, Yurik's apartment came back clean. Squeaky clean. So Not even Yurik's yeah. fingerprints were found. So they they essentially ghosted Ben Yurik. Yep. Now some officers exit the... Uh... And Fisk's mom is also MIA. Yeah. No, no proof that yes. she was at that house up in upstate right. New York either. Fisk tying up all loose ends, cleaning up his mess. Yep. Clearing the board, as it were. And some officers exit the police station on their phone. And Matt, being Matt, can hear what they're saying. Yep. And the hunt for Hoffman is on. 
I would think that the uh, the burner phone would have been the dead giveaway. Yeah, a cop with a flip phone. Yeah. I mean, then again, maybe they're just more convenient for cops. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. The only time I've seen a flip phone is in Sons of Anarchy when they do their back deal dealing. Yeah, so. burners are dime yeah. a dozen on that show. Yeah. I never watched Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. I don't know. I'm almost done. Yeah. I need to finish it. Yeah. Okay. I need, my goal is to hit that before, I, before Luke Cage starts. Alrighty. Don't go out of your way, but if you have time. Gotcha. I got six episodes left. Write it out at this point. I was point. a fan of this show. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, the, uh, so, <laughs> so Matt overhears. <laughs> yeah. Matt overhears and he tells Foggy he's going to do some stuff. Some stiff. Jumpy, flippy, kicky stuff. But then we find ourselves back at the Nelson Murdoch offices where the the team is kind of back together. As I have here, the band is back together. Yeah. And everyone's chummy again. And they're doing detective work. Yeah. Yeah, they're doing detective work. And it's not what I like what the actors did here is that, yes, they're back together. And yes, everyone's chummy again. But it's clearly not like it was before. Right. There's no going home again. Exactly. The performances but... here show that there's still some strain going on. and they're But they're working towards moving forward and rebuilding what they once had. Right. And you also get a unified sense on... Uh, uh, the idea of the devil in Hell's Kitchen. Like, Matt is, or Foggy is no longer against him. Well, he knows yeah. who he is now. Well, no, but, I'm, <laughs> but this is the first time that you've had the three of them together, and Karen has always been gung-ho because he saved Karen. Right. But now you have Foggy also being on the side. Granted, yes, that's because he knows that his best friend yeah. is the devil, but... Yeah, and they almost they almost have a little slip-up of, of Matt's identity. It's close. It's close. They they fumbled through it, but you know, you like, like an old more, vaudeville shtick. A little more careful. It's down by the here. down by the um, the, you know, the the alley, the alley. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know the one. You the know one, the one down there. You know the alley. Yeah, that so one. So <laughs> they kind of Matt figures out that they have figured out where Owsley was keeping Hoffman. Mm-hmm. See now that Hoffert's actually here, mm-hmm. I'm having to be more diligent about not saying Hoffert. And I keep so. expecting you to say my name. You're doing a good job. Yay. Keep it so, up. So, Matt leaves. Foggy's like trying to get him, because Foggy knows what he's about to go do. Foggy's trying to stop him, and Matt's very good line here is like, this is where law meets reality. And by the way, they're, they're talking like it, <laughs> border, borderline earshot. Karen's right there. And I believe, whispering. Yeah, I believe in the shot though. Like she was turned looking at them. Like she was she was physically turned. Like what are you guys talking about? Yeah, nothing. Yeah. No. Anyway, yeah. certainly not going to beat up some thugs. No, I'm not going to go put the mask on and you know. No, not at all. Yeah. Anyway, so now we're at the hideout where Owsley is keeping Hoffman. This is such a great-looking set. It really is. And what I like leading into the scene is the guy walking to the hideout. He's checking his back, but if you notice, he's also looking up, too. So it's just cool that, like, you know... Use your words. Criminals are starting... (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) Criminals are starting to understand that... Well, Matt well, is out there. Well, if we know anything about criminals, it's that they're a superstitious and cowardly lot. Yes. They scheme and scam and they always get caught. Nice Batman Beyond poll. Thank you. Anyway. I also like I also like that it's very much like uh you don't get that they're on that they're on edge. Like this has become a, a, the norm for these guys. Yeah. So the guys just bring them 
you know, I got their, subs. their subs. And I should uh, like the, then 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 the Fisk's hit squad rolls in. Well, yeah. the not, cops. actually, cor- correction, not his hit squad, the cops, and they kill everybody. They yeah. they go about cleaning out the room very quickly. Yeah, and efficiently. Yeah, like those guys with the machine guns that were up on the on the balcony. Those guys were worthless. <laughs> they got gunned. The cops took those guys out in like a second. Anyway, uh, everyone's dead except Hoffman. Yep. And the guy, cop, goes up to Hoffman, puts the gun to his face. Hoffman closes his eyes. And then Matt shows up. And we have a little save time. I'm guessing save time on shooting, save some, yeah. some money budget. You're like, we need, we need the rest of the money for the rest of this Trick episode. of... Cinematography but, where they just you hear the sound of the fight, but you just see Hoffman's face, who, eyes closed. He but, does a fantastic job of flinching at every single gunshot because yeah. he doesn't know if, if any of those gonna be, are going to be the one that clips him. Yeah, I should point out though that uh, I think it's very effective as well. Absolutely, that way I don't know. It just it sells Matt as a as a total badass. It's it's the Jaws theory where you you where the idea the mind of what fills you're not, in the blanks. Yeah, what you're not seeing it it helps to build a stronger sense of tension. Yeah, you know, and by just using sound effects and just focusing in tight on that actor and his face covered in blood as he flinches every time a gun goes off, you know, and you only catch that last flip as as Matt knocks out that last guy. It's fantastic. Yeah. So Matt tells Hoffman he's got two choices. Well, no, he's got one choice. He's got one choice. Turn yourself in or you're done. And if he runs, he's going to kick his ass. Yeah. And then Hoffman goes to the police station, turns himself into Mahoney. I I had a little bit of a, a, not a problem with it, but I was just like, really? Because like he walks all the way into like the desk and his face is still covered in blood. Nobody looks at him and is like. Dude, what the hell? No, you see some cops looking at him. As but nobody stops him. No, no, your point's valid. And like, he literally he gets up to Mahoney at the desk, and no cop was like, dude, you're covered in blood. Did something yeah, happen? Because I'm guessing this isn't like our town's police station. <laughs> uh, I mean, like, the play Our Town, not literally our town that we're in here, where it's like you walk in the door and there's the desk instantaneously. I'm sure he's probably had to go through some Well, you even see, you even see the long hallway. Yeah, yeah, no, I get it. It's a, it's a valid point. <laughs> now we come to a great scene where it's very, again, very reminiscent of The Godfather. Reminiscent? A little bit. I wrote The Godfather scene. Um, The only difference is people aren't getting whacked. People aren't getting whacked. Yeah. And there's no, like, cross cuts with, you know... You know what? You, you could almost make the argument that it's more like the Goodfellas scene where everybody gets arrested. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yes. More like that. Yeah, it's like that. I, it was very Scorsese. That's uh, okay. I also have the note. Run, Turk! <laughs> yeah. Run! Yeah. Poor Turk. Man, he can't get... Well, poor Turk. He was smuggling women at the beginning of the season. I know, but we like him anyway. He's a lovable bad guy. I can't explain why. He just is. And apparently he's a bad guy with some clout, because there was like 15 dudes chasing <laughs> Turk. Well, the legend of Turk. Turk says he Turk says he killed the Batman. All right. Turk says a lot of things. I got a soft spot for Turk. I can't help it. Yeah. That might just be you as a comic fan. It is, because he does get a little... He's get, he gets his moment in the comics yeah. there for a little Tur- while. Turk is kind of a super scumbag in the show. Yeah. Like I said, he starts the show smuggling I women. I know, but maybe he learned his lesson. He moves on from that. 
I'm going to say no. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to have to agree with Mike on that. What? I'm not saying we don't like Turk any less. I'm just saying, is it questionable to our characters that we like Turk as much as we do? Possibly. Probably. <laughs> I don't know. He's got charm. I, I can't explain right, it. No, no, I'm, I'm He's with, a lovable I'm, loser. Listen, listen. I'm with you, but I understand his point. Oh, I, I like the- Turk in the comics as well, but in the show, I was like, ooh, that's a little, that's very skeevy. So all the king's men fall. We find, we see in this, this very well shot scene that it was not the editor. No. At the not Daily Bugle. It was Betty Brandt. It was, <laughs> it was not Betty Brandt. <laughs> It was the uh, Betsy Brandt, whatever. No, it was Betty. Caldwell. It yeah, was, it was the uh, the receptionist. Yeah, who was on Fisk's take, and once again, eight FBI agents in tactical suits. Hey, need man, to, need to take down. When the sting hits, it hits hard. Okay, I'm just, I'm just saying. By the way, the guy playing the editor at uh, Not Daily Planet, that guy's fantastic. Not we, Paul, not Paul Giamatti. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, playing <laughs> not J. Jonah Jameson. Not Paul. Gi- I don't think he's that Paul Giamatti. He's got a little I Paul. See a little bit of it. A little bit. Anyways, I just that guy looked great. I was like, what's yeah. that guy? In? He he gets much better in the second season. So yeah, glad he's in the second. I love season. character actors like that. Oh, yeah, he's great. Yeah. So uh, we see the Marcy safe. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God for fog. <laughs> anyway. And we're the the musical montage ends, the opera montage, the Godfather Taj, if you will. And they're closing in on Fisk. Yes, they're closing on Fisk. Fisk wants to leave, but he knows that they're he's he knows he's getting taken. Strangely romantic. This scene. Yeah. Which kind of sums up that whole Fisk-Vanessa relationship. Okay. Maybe you can chime in on something, because this okay. entire season, Drew and I, as you may have heard from the, you know, three episodes, <laughs> <laughs> Drew and I have been differing on the type of person Vanessa is. Yeah. Really, Drew has thought that Vanessa has been working Fisk from the get-go. Yes. I don't think that way. Yeah, I don't think so. Boom goes I don't the duty think might. So. Oh, she's working on the duty might. Now I'm not saying that she knew that he was a crime boss and she knew that she could like you know maybe worm be- her way up. Not at the beginning, but she sensed a guy that she could play, and she let it happen. Maybe at the beginning, but as the series goes on, as the season goes on, like I don't think so. And I think that's epitomized as the the later scene. Like she very easily could have walked away, but she's become a part of this man's life. And and I'm not saying she doesn't care for she would have cut and run when any of this stuff that could potentially bite her in the ass started happening, and she doesn't. No, because she likes the power. I don't think that's it though, because this because you're seeing Fisk losing his power at this moment, and she stays by his side. I think she genuinely loves him, whether or not whether or not it started out that way. She even she even says, you know, I've been with these with rich and powerful people you know what makes you any different and fisk kind of proves himself to her in a weird way it's also part of the humanizing of fisk which i think is one of the strengths of the show like as comic book fans we all kind of have this this perception of of wilson fisk the kingpin as like this this uber powerful almost like uber villain and you don't think about him as kind of being this this oddly human weird man child who who becomes obsessed with this this love this first time that he's actually known a genuine love in his life and it's 
interesting to watch that build throughout the course of the Oh, no, it's all series. very well done. I just think Vanessa is not quite as genuine as she lets on. I don't think so. <laughs> I think she, she knows what she's doing. She knows she's playing him. I think she knows what she's doing, but I don't think she's playing him. Okay. Also, I think that she's seen enough to realize that if she was, she would be screwed. I don't think she cares. No, I mean, she's... like, she would be, like, cut up into bags and put uh, all around the city. Maybe, but... Like, she has no no illusions as to what kind of man he is. No, no, she doesn't. I think she's very okay with it. Oh, she's okay she be- with it, she but, benefits. I don't, but I don't think she's playing him either. Mm. Okay. All right. So, Fisk knows the, co- the The FBI shows up at this point. They're taking Fisk as they are taking him. He gives her ring, more or less proposing. I was going to do this later. Big old rock. Well, yeah. Actually, I was thinking about that. Do you think that that's an allusion to, like, the, the classic kingpin drawing where he has the, the, the pimp stick with the uh the nah. big old diamond on nah. it that's a reach yeah no nah. i it kind of it kind of struck me later on in the uh the episode when you see it and i was like that is a big ass diamond and the I was canes like, was bigger is, is, well, yeah the canes yeah, but was like, like but at the same time in the world of the television show maybe as an a slight allusion to it you know yeah yeah. Rings are rings. He can afford a, a, that's, yeah. that's he can afford a big <laughs> rock for her. I was just, I'm going to have to agree with you. I think you're a little bit reaching there. It was just you're, a thought. Your heart's in the right place, though. So we're back at the Nelson and Murdoch offices. Everybody's celebrating. Wilson yeah. Fisk has gone down. They raise a glass to Elena and Ben. They're, they're, they're drinking. Yep. And Kingpin's en route to jail. Yeah. But let's but let's he, talk about this scene. This okay. scene is crazy. Right. This scene is the culmination of his journey throughout this entire season. Yeah. This is the point where Wilson Fisk realizes who he is completely. This is, as I have noted, this is the jewels in the diner scene. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I can see that. that he he relays really a Bible good. story where he then he, <laughs> he then ponders what it actually means and his place in the story. He relays the, oh, the story of the Good Samaritan. Yep. And all this time he thought he was the Good Samaritan, but he realized now, no. I, I am the ill intent. I am the ill intent. This scene is so this is the best Fisk scene in the season. I am the tyranny of evil men. There you go. Yes. And the performance is just incredible. I also think the scene serves as kind of a uh, serves two purposes. Like it, it serves as kind of like the culmination of Fisk's arc, but I also think it serves as like him slyly telling those two guards, "Like you're boned, guys. Well, <laughs> you're boned, or you can help me." Maybe I didn't. Yeah. I didn't pick I, up on that because so I much. think he knows what's coming. Oh, of course he does. And I think I think that that the whole purpose of that is to him is for him to realize for him to make those guards realize just how effing powerful he is. Well, the one guard is already on the take, isn't he? You know, I was going to raise I, that question I later don't on. Think do he we, is? Do we think he was on take, or do we think he made a decision at I, that point? I think knowing he made a what was going. I don't know, on. man. That's a hell of a decision to kill a fellow FBI agent. I know it's the heat of the moment, but that's pretty serious. I think it's one of those things you can kind of look at either yeah. way. All right. You can take your way. Well, that's but, also kind of why I thought that that might be the reason why he gives this whole speech. Well, one of the reasons why he gives this whole speech yeah. 
you know. Could be. So, so as I note here, um, so we knew that Fisk had the cops in his pocket. Yeah. His frigging army attacks. <laughs> <laughs> He's got guys with tactical suits. Yeah, like, like although they can't hit a damn bro. thing. <laughs> oh, can, can we give those guys some tactical suits, bro? Scott, Scott, Scott Snyder, listen. Scott. Zach Snyder. <laughs> Sorry. They both there's screwed no, up Batman. There's no exceptional explanation. Zach, listen. Bro. Zach. Tactical. We, listen, the Batman suit in and of itself is tactical, Zach. You don't need to have a tactical suit. But, bro, it's got sunglasses, bro. Wait, I just thought that they just put him in a Night Owl suit from uh, Watchmen. We talked about this. Yeah. Uh, and as I remarked to Carl, do you, do you think he even knows that he's ripping his own stuff off? No. That's, that's what I said. I know. He has no idea. He's an idiot. So, yeah. Fisk's tactical SWAT, his own SWAT team shows up and just mows down the cops. Oh, my God. Like, 40 cops died. Yeah. Well, the one cop wasn't very smart standing up. No, no, the one tactical Fisk guy wasn't very smart because he stood up on the roof of a car with a shotgun. Yeah. Might as well, you know. I like to think that guy had a vest on. Shoot here. But, yeah, they quickly take down the police escort and free Fisk. And uh, as we mentioned earlier, the the one SWAT officer, there are two SWAT officers in with Fisk in the truck, and the one shoots the other one, says, let's go. Well, the other one was looking the other way. Yeah. Uh, you um, know what? You say that they, they, they take him down quickly, but at the same time, I'm like, okay, there's like 10 guys with machine guns, and there's like, what, four cops? More than that, It no. takes them a while, though. Like, considering how they the way they were moving, I was just like, shouldn't they have been done sooner? It was just it was a, a thought I had. I was just like, it was, yeah, these it was guys like a four armed escort. It was four cars, two cops a car. It's at least yeah. eight cops. Yeah, and also, is it me? Is it just me? I know this is uh, you guys would probably agree because you're the you're the bat folk around here. Is it hard to uh, you okay there? Yeah, no, I'm fine. Okay, yeah. Tech, be it's, careful. I got, I got back in we'll that. I got back this show now. isn't insured, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're not liable for any damage you sustained. Uh, is, is it hard to imagine any scene, uh, like any kind of like prison break scene now without thinking about the Dark Knight? No, but that's because I've seen Heat. Okay. Yeah. I, I, can, I can see where you can draw that comparison, but I wasn't like, for each time I've watched the scene, I'm not thinking of that okay. scene. Okay. No. It always reminds me. I don't know why. I mean, it's, it, it's a classic scene in like that kind of action heist genre. Alright. But, like, it's... Not, I don't think it's terribly indicative of, like, The Dark Knight, and as much as, like, that and The Dark Knight are indicative of 70s crime cinema. Cool. Fair enough. Yeah. So, alright. Skipping a couple scenes. Well... Matt, Matt goes to... Okay, so... Mr. Potter. He show. does. As we noted, though, they were drinking. Matt sobers up real quick. Well, Matt's got the <laughs> adrenaline. <laughs> okay. He meditated really quick. Yeah, also, there also, you go. He only had a couple sips of whiskey. I mean, that we saw in the montage. He's Irish. There is that as well. Yeah, he's there is Catholic that as Irish. well. <laughs> Sir, take about what three, four bottles of Jameson before you'd be like, all right, I'm kind it's of. It's not just the this. suit. His nose is rosy red. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Matt goes to Mr. Potter. Mr. Potter, as I have here in capital letters, stilts. stilts. <laughs> yeah. We we discussed in length uh, Still Man, the last episode. Also, the Saw Blueprints. Yes. 
So many fun things in, in Melvin's little shop. I always love going there. I think at this point the production was like, what What can we throw in Yeah, that's like just really way out there? I, I jokingly mad. refer to Melvin... Or, Mel, Mel, yeah, yeah it's Melvin, Melvin Potter. Potter. Melvin Potter's shop as the Easter basket. A <laughs> little bit. That's not. That's nice. There's so many eggs in it. Okay, so Matt, the, we get to the moment that the season's been leading to. Matt gets the suit. We don't see it yet, though. This is we this is kind of yet. a pulp fictiony moment too. Yeah, the briefcase. If it glowed, if it glowed, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will say the makers of Daredevil definitely watched their Pulp Fiction. Or they could have watched everything that was informed by Pulp Fiction. Possibly, but there's yep. so many there's so many little things I was like, eh, I see what you're doing there. So Matt gets the suit, Matt's up on a rooftop listening for Fisk, picks up the car that Fisk's in, Fisk switches trucks. Tells Vanessa, if I'm not there in 20, get out of here. Yeah. Beat yeah. it. So, alright. Trucks driving. Billy Club. In the window. In the window. And going back to the first episode, not only of Daredevil, but of the show, we said that early Billy Club-like play when Matt was taking down Turk is the showrunners going, we know what you want. Don't worry, we'll get there. Yeah. But you're going to like Jeremy. We're going to tell you, folks, we're there. We're there now. We're, we're full on. Time for the money shot. Yeah. Full on Billy Club. Four plays over. Oh. Takes the driver <laughs> out. Truck tips over. Oh, it gets even better. Fisk stumbles out of the truck, looks up, and there. Well, hang on. Isn't there also a henchman that's. There? No, the guy stumbles out of the truck, and you see your first bounce off of something. Yes. We get some club trick action. Just like every time. Every time you see Captain America bounce his shield yeah, in, the, I, in any of those movies. Yeah. Yep. Watching Matt bounce that belly club off of something, then somebody's head, and then comes back to him. Oh, so sweet. So, uh, Carl, as you can probably read from here in capital letters. Yeah, my eyesight's crazy. Oh, my God. Well, Matt, Daredevil. That's right. Daredevil. Yeah. Daredevil. 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 See? Both both of us. I just wrote the suit. Oh, well, that's yes. underwhelming. So we are, we are no longer... <laughs> One of us. One of us. We are no longer proto Daredevil. <laughs> no, we're, we're, we're no all longer in. pro Devil. No longer inspired by the man without fear. We are Daredevil proper. Yes. Now, okay, mom, pause for a moment. Let's talk about the suit. Let's talk about the suit. A lot of people didn't like the suit. A lot of people didn't like the suit. I think this might fall into that ten percent. Really? You were mentioning earlier. Whereas I don't hate the suit. It's definitely a first draft. Yes, and we and definitely see in season two where it gets refined, but yeah. I was not crazy about all the black. Here's, what's, here's what I find interesting about it. I, it looks redder to me than I remember it looking yeah. upon, upon review, and it's like, huh, it's, not, it's, it's more red than it is black in season one, and I didn't dislike it as much as I remember having that initial, like, huh, reaction. I also, I also think that they shoot it extremely well. Yeah. Like, I think that they kind of, they knew that they wanted to have the suit, but they weren't sure how to handle it just yet, which is another reason why they probably held off till the last episode. Yeah. Um, and I think they also were, like, really concerned about, because I remember hearing, actually, maybe it was on a Fat Man on Batman with Joe Quesada, where he was like, we they weren't even sure if they were going to do the suit because they were worried about the same issue they had with the Avengers alien invasion problem where they couldn't say alien invasion because it just took you right out of the show. Yeah. Which is why they always referred to it as the incident because that's the way it worked best. So they were a little concerned about the suit too. And that's why 
they kind of shoot it like it's it's kept mostly in the dark, heavily shadowed, which fits the aesthetic that's, of the show. That's Daredevil's anyways. mo, so yeah. that's fine. And I I mean I think it works. It's definitely a, a first draft, and I think it gets better. By the time they get to season two, and it gets I, vastly improved, and I think also because you see it a lot more in season two. Yeah, um, but I still think I think it works. I think that as far as like the the idea of possibly not using the suits, I heard that interview as well. I think there is the acceptance of you're in a world where certain rules apply. It's the Ghostbusters Dave Pop Marshmallow Man theory. The suit falls. <laughs> okay. But no, the, it is. The suit falls within that realm of what you're willing to suspend disbelief on. Do you know what I now, mean by the, that? No. Okay. So the movie Ghostbusters, like the original draft of it, the whole idea was that it was going to be Ghostbusters had already been established and they fought like a dozen monsters like the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man when it was originally just uh, Dan Aykroyd's 12-page treatment. And then Ivan Reitman and Harold Ramis came in and they were like, we can't do that. That's insane. We don't have that budget. And so they stripped it down, which is why... And they, they also were like, we need to make the audience buy into the reality of this. Ah, which is uh, why I, I get it. I get it. At the very beginning, like, you see them, like, they have to take out a mortgage to pay for the building. And you see them kind of becoming very, sure. very janitorial. Yeah, I get it. And it, it you slowly but surely brings you into the reality of the film that by the time you get to the third act and you have the giant Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. It you makes don't, sense. Yeah, you don't go, that's ridiculous. You go, this kind of seems like what this movie was building towards. Sure. Yeah. Like, I think the suit, as you see in the comics, probably wouldn't work on screen. No, but that's most suits in comics. Yeah. It, it, let's face facts. In, in the comics, he's nude and red with horns. Yeah. I mean, that's most comic book character suits, yeah. historically. It's changing now, obviously, as, as the movies are giving the, the general audience a different depiction, so people are used to seeing that depiction. Yeah. But, you know... It wouldn't. You, you can't have. You can't have him out there in a leotard. No. Uh, no, no. I get you. I mean, you know. Otherwise, you're watching the trial of the in the Incredible Hulk, which we which might do. We will get to. So, so uh, no, I'm, I'm I'm fine with the suit. My only quibbles with it, to be honest with you, upon review, are the same ones my, that I didn't that that bothered me originally, and that is it. It seems to fit poorly in the neck area, so it just looked odd. And, I think that goes back to it being a first draft. Yeah, and I'm and I'm fine with it because it it still looks dominantly good and then it gets better yeah. in the second, second, se- in okay. the second they also, season they also probably had more of a budget for the second season to make it better yeah as opposed to when they got around to this they were like how much money we got left <laughs> <laughs> oh crap we gotta make the suit what if we have an episode where they just talk yep. <laughs> you can always tell when, when a TV show is gonna gonna do a, a big heavy episode because the episode before is usually a lot slower a talkie yeah well, like Game of Thrones this past season I don't watch it. I, I couldn't tell you. Oh, God. I know. Sorry, man. Uh, well, the people listening that do watch Game of Thrones know exactly what I'm talking about. Because I haven't that last, watched it yet. That last episode, clearly they were saving their money. I haven't well, I, watched I'm it yet. I'm not telling you anything aside from the fact that it has a hella amazing last episode. All right. Good Lord. Fine. I'm just saying I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> I haven't watched it, and I probably won't. So Okay, so really jumping... Jumping back into the scene, uh, Fisk takes off running. Well, he and tries. There's, there's something that I enjoy about a criminal running from a vigilante and just running in fear. Well, you just, know why they run in fear. Why is that, Mike? <laughs> because they're a, a superstitious and cowardly lot. A superstitious, cowardly lot. <laughs> they scheme and scam, but they always get caught. Yep. Okay. 
episode of Batman Beyond. They had a Batman musical in it. That's, Great episode. That's as ridiculous as Batman Beyond is. So, <gasps> conversation for another time. Yeah, sorry. No, All right, not my thing. So, Fisk yelling at Matt for ruining his plans and everything. Matt simply tells him, "Take your shot." <laughs> I uh, I have notes here. Uh, Fist the cuffs with exclamation points. Yes. We get a full-on brawl between Matt and Fisk. We get like, our like, first healthy Matt, healthy Fisk yeah. fight. And um, also, Fisk is really strong, and he's really pissed. Yeah, yeah. we get we get a good old-fashioned gorilla monsoon gorilla slam. Yeah. I, I really liked that you kind of saw their different fighting styles, if you can call it that. We're like, Matt's a bruiser. He's got, like, boxer technique. Sure. And Fisk is just raw Rage. brute force. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So they're both definitely, there's no, there's like a little bit of finesse in Matt's fighting style, but this is a street fight. Yep. This is, in the pure sense, this is a street fight. Now, I don't know how big Vincent D'Onofrio really is in real life, but I noticed in this episode, especially, like when he's esca- in the escape scene, when he's walking away to the truck, yeah. and then in this fight scene, he's huge. Yeah. He looks big. I think... He looks very tall and very, very, very imposing. I think it's shot that way. Okay. Because I don't know how tall he really is, well, but he you, looks if you big. Look at the, uh, yeah. If you look at the the scene earlier, he's he's about the same height as Leland Owsley. Okay. Um, well, he, but, but he carries the, much bigger. Well, and also, I'm sure they also shot it that way, so that when you do get to that fight, you do get a sense. Also, like, Charlie Cox is... He's not that He's not that tall. I believe he's actually about Howard Cadmus's height. <laughs> Okay, because I think I think there's a picture that Howard took with him. No, um, Alec Frazier, friend of the show. Alec's like six four though. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, but at, no, Alec met him recently yeah. at, at a con, and they had a picture together. And he said that like Cox was only like one or two inches shorter than he was. Oh, really? not not yeah, the picture I, I saw. Yeah, I. Th- he, I was like up, like, he was like he was like up to Alec's he, shoulder. No, I, yeah. I, think, I think Alec <laughs> Alec was Alec mentioned that he. He was just a couple inches shorter than he was. So yeah, oh. Charlie Cox is still oh I was tall. Was, man. I always thought he was shorter. Maybe we should look this up. That's true. quite possibly. We have so, the internet. For okay, us. the internet. What now? Uh, the fight. The fight goes down. I kind of want to get to. I kind of want to get to the end of the episode, so we can just discuss the season as a whole. Sure. Fight goes down. Matt wins. Uh, we have a great scene with Mahoney. Where he comes and apprehends Fisk. Thought you were gonna say something about a podium in a Yeah, I was thinking <laughs> the same thing. It all goes back to the podium. It does. Uh, um yeah, it's like, one, oh, you look different. One note I, I always I have here um about the fight, Fisk hits him with the old, you know, how can you think one man can make a difference? You know what? When you think about not only when you think about comics, when you think about literature in general, and when you think about life in general, one man is always the difference. Especially if he's got billions of dollars. Not even no. I'm not in, in talking, real life. That is no. I'm talking One man like in real in life. The right place at the right time. Can no, make I'm the being. Difference. I'm I'm being serious. One man is always the difference. When like you look at, you know, it always starts with one man. Look at the civil rights movement, starting with. I know it didn't start with Martin Luther King, but you know he's someone that you think of when you think of civil he's a key rights. Figure movement. of it, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah, obviously in comics, he became the leader of it. Obviously in comics, you see, yeah. you know, a lot of times where one man makes difference. So that was just my thought coming from this. Well, it's also definitely a literary trope. Sure. Yeah. So Vanessa puts the ring on and leaves because she knows that Fisk is not going to make it. 
And we go to the next day, and we see Foggy putting on the, the well, Nelson and well, Murdoch sign. Before, don't be, don't be, bury the lead, be, man. Yeah, before I'm, we see that. I'm, I'm getting there. Trust me, I know. I'm Doing getting there. Because I, 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 I marked out hard. <laughs> Real hard. That's a fist bump right there. Damn right. Andrew, what did you mark out hard about? Um, capital letters in my notes. Malieve. Alex Malieve. Artwork on the front page of the paper in the, in the show. <laughs> of the Not Daily Bugle. Yeah, the Not Daily Bugle, which is a variant of a very famous cover that he did no, of Daredevil. No, it is the cover. <laughs> it is the cover, but the, the, they did change the suit to be more like the show suit. Did they? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. I checked. Okay, I know. I mean, but, and, and, but, but, I mean, maybe it was just my brain going. Like, I know, I know that. Cover. I know. Because I, I, I was like, oh, is it the same one? Then I looked later, like, no, yeah. it's not. But it's still cool because they used it anyway. That is awesome. Alex believes my favorite artist. I'm not sure if you know that or not, but he's he's like my top tier. Okay, Eisner award winning Alex Malibu. He's oh man, his his style is so perfect for Daredevil. I was so happy to see that on that front page <laughs> of the paper in the show. I was very 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 happy about that. So, he is my favorite Daredevil artist. Alrighty then. So all's well with Nelson and Murdoch. Signs up. Avocados Foggy's, at law. Avocados at law. Foggy's helping Marcy look for a new job. Matt, yeah, amongst Ken, other things, <laughs> <laughs> Matt's kind of alluding that Karen is still hiding something. Yeah, but, you know, to be continued next season. Fisk, we see in jail, and he's confronted by a familiar sight, which is a blankish wall. Rather than the snowstorm. Yeah, I thought that was that was. I don't think I caught that the first time I'd watched. It, oh, I this, did. This like the way the the brick wall transforms into the rabbit in the snowstorm painting that yeah. that from earlier in the season. Cyclical. Yeah, it's like poetry. It rhymes. Stop. <laughs> and then the episode ends with uh, Matt on the rooftop, fully accepting his role as Daredevil. Matt's going to work, and he does hero jump. Gonna go kick off some the roof. Ass. Hero jump. Like the club clubs out and everything. Yep. Which brings us to the end credits of this episode and the end of this season. That's Daredevil season first one. First season of Daredevil, first season of a Marvel uh, Netflix show. Yeah. First season of what will eventually become the, a Netflix juggernaut. Yes. As they just, yeah. they're just like, hey, what other Marvel characters can we do a television show? What else of? you got? Yeah. Well, they, they originally said it was going to be Daredevil, Luke Daredevil, Cage, Iron Fist, Daredevil, Jessica, Jessica Jones, Jones, Luke Cage, Iron then Fist, Defenders. and then Defenders. But like after this, they were like, what else you got? Yeah. <laughs> well, now, like, I think I think the ex- expectation was they were just going to get through those four, and then Defenders, and then question marks. Yeah. When this sh- when Daredevil hit. Up until Stranger Things, it was, it was like the like, biggest, the biggest success Netflix had had. But like, for no one, programming. none of us even considered like season two. I had no, we had no idea what it was going to yeah. be like, right? And upon now, upon completion, it's like there has to be a season two, yeah. and the public agreed. Like people were, people flipped out. Yeah, yeah, rightfully so. It's now, it's it's not necessarily a fair comparison, just because they have so much more runway to work with. When you hold Daredevil up to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, yeah, how do you how do you fit it in? How do you compare it? What are your thoughts on comparison? Wow, that's on big. It? Um, me personally, uh, it's. I don't want to like sound. Yeah, no, I'm asking. I don't want to sound. Thoughts, uh, not like. Well, no, I just I don't want to sound like I'm bitter or anything. I but I think it like I think it holds up better than a lot of the movies. 
to be honest with you. No, I agree with that. Uh, it's I do think it's it's the difference between you know you spend thirteen hours with these characters and them in a the much time, bigger story. It's the time and it's the scope. Yeah, uh, and like Carl and I have discussed it at length before. The reason why I like Daredevil versus some of the other stuff in the Marvel Universe is this, this I like the street stuff. It's more personal. There's uh, more. It's more grounded. It's more real. I can relate to the stakes a little more. I agree. And it, the show is an extension of that. So the movies are obviously grand and huge and sci-fi and crazy. Yeah. Daredevil, the show, is like real people on the streets, real consequences. But they also they, know, they have a lot more room to play around with. Like they can spend an episode where you, you just kind of get to know your characters as opposed sure. to like you know a movie. Like we've spent a lot less time overall with you know, let's even say Tony Stark. Like, right. yeah, not the, now when you think about it, three movies, three Iron Man movies, yeah, two but even, Avenger movies, but even and the cumulatively, Captain America Civil War, twenty-seven hours of Charlie no, Cox's no, Daredevil. I'm not. I'm not saying that we don't spend the same amount of time. I'm just saying that at this point, it's not as little time as you might be thinking. When no, you sit but back it's, and think it's, about still, it. it's it's still it's still a lot of still time. A yeah. fairly large. No, I disparity. get what you're saying. And there's a lot of arcs. There's a lot of stories. Yeah, there's a lot of beats that give you a lot more familiarity with the characters. Um, but I mean, I would hold up Daredevil as you know over no no disrespect Thor, man. But you know, like the Thor movies, is, I enjoy them, but they're, they're like they're ultimately forgettable. Yeah, they're on the you weaker know. end of the spectrum of yeah. the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like, I I love the original Thor, but that no, might just I be love the it, but bias. yeah, you know, a, a lot of a lot of people Thor two is forgettable. Though, yeah, which that's kind of bummed me. It the, bumps me out. The, sure. Those sure. who tend to you know poo poo the the Marvel films will instantly point to Thor one and two and Iron Man three. Yeah, my yeah. my response my, no, my response to that is like yes, those three films are on the low end of the spectrum of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but. They are still better than ninety percent of the other comic book films. Absolutely, that are out there. absolutely. I, I challenge your use of the word comic book superhero films. Ooh, unless you're counting like Road to Perdition and Ghost World in that. No, I'm counting like all of it. Comic book films. Wow. Okay. Hoff's giving the eyes. No, I just take I, 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 want, I take like, issue with when people say comic book films when they mean superhero films. I, well, because, I, I know where you're like, coming from. Because it's like saying a, a TV movie or a movie movie. No, you bring it's up good points with Road, com- road, road, comic to, book per- road to Perdition, obviously. Comics is a medium, not a genre. Yeah, those I, are in exactly. the, those yes. are in like it's the, limiting to refer to it as a genre. I those are in you. the 10% that you know are better than Thor 1 okay. and 2. Okay, all right, that's, that's fair. Crow. Yeah. Easily. Crow is top tier. Um, Very different ty- kind of movie. So we have we have Daredevil season one at this point. We get Jessica Jones. We're about to get Luke Cage. We have Daredevil season two. Where do you want to see the Netflix universe go beyond what is already planned? Well, me personally, it's I like I like where it is. I like it being focused on the streets and keeping these low I don't want to say low tier but keep these guys grounded dealing with the fallout of the crazy world the MCU is but I think I think they can also like as they become more and more successful I mean I think like the biggest question mark right now because we've seen what they can do the biggest question mark is Iron Fist because Iron Fist's scope is significantly larger than Daredevil it is because like you have the whole Kunlun 
uh, myth- mythology to Iron deal Fist with. Iron Fist himself is a street level character, but his, but his mythology is as much. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, like even like Jessica Jones and Luke Cage are kind of like after Daredevil, like they're kind of like they're easy layups in terms of like you're not dealing with these massive epic stories. You know, I mean, Jessica Jones was a very personal story about dealing with the effect that Kilgrave, the Purple Man, had on her. And we're going to see, you know, Luke Cage basically kicking ass in Harlem as opposed to like, hey, my father was a rich dude who decided to take my family to China to find a hidden mystical city. <laughs> like, and now like I'm, kind I, of like, yeah, it's kind of different from it's, it's much different. And like, and, oh, and I had to fight a dragon. Yeah, to I, had to, I, had to, I had to bury my fist into a, ja- a dragon's heart. Uh huh. And uh, now I fight in this tournament of the seven lands of Kunlun. They might, they might not go that far. I, oh, but they did though. I already. I've, may, I, I'm I mean, on maybe, the record saying that if they're doing Iron Fist and they're going to go to Kunlun, if Fat Cobra doesn't show up, I'm, I'm going to be mad. It'd be a shame. But <laughs> you, at the same time, like they also could could be like we're going to do a street, a a more street centric Danny Rand story, and then eventually get to something bigger. I would hope. I, and like the, the, obviously, it's going to be a, a street centric story. To just build it up to Defenders. Yeah. But, like, after that, you know, if there is a season two of Iron Fist, like, all bets are off. Sure, sure. Um, I like the idea of, you know, keeping with the street-centric characters. Like, I think if Moon Knight, like, doing a, doing a mentally unstable <laughs> superhero, like a superhero that has split personalities, and if you get the right creative team on that... I think that could be a really fascinating show. Could be. That's going to be hard to sell an audience on, though. I, but I will had... it? I mean, like, it's kind of like it's kind of like you know. I remember the poster for Guardians of the Galaxy, and what, no, no, what, I, what, I what feel... did the poster for Guardians well, of the Galaxy well, say? No, it was keeping... like Iron Man, the Incredible Hulk, Captain America, the Avengers, Guardians of the Galaxy. You're welcome. <laughs> you know, once you get once you get the audience, once you get their faith in you, they'll buy yeah, into a talking I, I raccoon think, and a giant tree. I, I think um, if if you get the audience to accept the hand, you get them to accept Kun Loon. Oh, it's not a matter of acceptance. Yeah, I think that I think they'll be okay with Moon Knight. I had one wish for the Netflix series that I'm not going to get now. That was simply a Ghost Rider series. Well, you well, could still get a Ghost Rider series because uh, you know it Go- could, because Ghost Driver is in uh, Agents of Shield. Ghost, not not Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider is you know yeah. it's all Ghost Rider. But in any, in any case, sure uh, you can say that all you want. I and I will. Marvel's calling him Ghost Rider, so that's good enough for me. Yeah. Um. No. Sorry, you're going to take one of the most visually interesting characters, a flaming skull on a motorcycle, and put him in a muscle car. Whatever. Gosh. Hands after my own heart. I'm just saying. Hey, I'm fine with it. There's room for both. Legacy heroes, man. I thought we liked those things. Anyway. Um. Apparently, it could happen, and I say that because allegedly there's rumors that the Punisher is going to show up on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yes, I saw that. He would really? He yeah. would fit. I don't would, know. It's a little, sense. It's a little, little violent for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but... Well, well they wouldn't show the violence. Tone him down a bit. But again, I'm, I'm like iffy. The continuity of all these things is so spotty, though, so I don't know how I feel about it, but I guess I'll take what but I can But you've been get. a comic book fan for how long? Like, continuity is always spotty, and you make your own where yeah, you can. Yeah, well, Marvel clearly makes their own as well, because... Like I said, TV and movie. There is nothing wrong with that, man. No, it's fine, but... It's, That's part of the fun. It's the no prize thing. 
Like even when Stan Lee was was scripting all of those those comics back in the '60s after Jack Kirby and Steve Ditko had already drawn them, the, you know, he was whole... he was making mistakes left and right. It's, it's the mixed messages, though. It's the it's 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 Marvel. You know, it's the MCU Peter telling you it's it's the MCU telling you that it all matters and it all counts and it's all connected. And then that t- sounds just like then, comics. Then TV saying, "Yeah, us too." And then Marvel movies going like, "Yeah, that's cute." Yeah, Good they're luck not going to be beholden to television shows. No, exactly, they're not. So, but and in any case, I think they have to. I don't watch Agents of Shield, and I'm totally fine. In any case, uh, Punisher allegedly on Agents of Shield. You might get your Ghost Rider series. You never know. Could happen. Never know. Could that happen. would be super expensive. Yeah, it probably would be. But that brings us to a close. Oh, I know. We could go on like this forever. You got places to be. We're going to be back next week. We are. Hoff will be back at some point. What are we doing next week? We're doing Trial of the Incredible Hulk, sir. Commentary. Yeah. Or episode. Oof. Commentary. I think. I don't know. We'll decide. Oof. Quite possibly. We'll have a guest on for it. Special guest. (laughs) All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Devil's Do. Thank you very much to our guest, Mr. Michael Hoffert, for sitting in. You're very welcome. Be sure to check out my stuff. Uh, at michaelhoffertjr.com, including my comics and also my uh, my podcast, which I, I've been a little delinquent in doing, but uh, you can find episodes of It Came From The Long Box, podcast that I do uh, occasionally, uh, also on michaelhoffertjr.com and on iTunes and on thinktwiceradio.com. Where can they find you on Twitter, sir? They can find me on Twitter as at from the long box. As, uh, as Carl was ripping me earlier, you can hear my really depressed thoughts. Speaking <laughs> of Twitter... Yeah. You can find us on Twitter at Devil's Do Pod. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Devil's Do Pod. Is it Pod? Is that? I don't know. Just search Devil's Do on Facebook. Right now, JHL Smeal is laughing. Uh, you can also email us your questions, suggestions, comments on the show at the Devil's Do Pod at gmail.com. Also, please thank you to those who have reviewed the show on iTunes. Uh, if you feel if you want to, please review the show. We welcome those as well. Drew, you look like you have something to say. I have an addendum to all of your your shilling of our wares. Oh yes, yes, the big announcement. I'm so sorry, I totally forgot about this. You're you're shortchanging all my hard work. Sir. You're extremely hard work. Yeah, it was it was very difficult. Not really though. <laughs> um, everything that Carl just told you about, uh, you can just go to thedevilsdopodcast.com dot com now, and it's all there. We all are of it. website legitimate, ladies and gentlemen. We so, got us a boom. website. You can subscribe to the show. You can uh, hit the Facebook, the Twitter, and the email all directly from the website. And there you go. Awesome. Look at that. Awesome technology, man. All right, season one, Daredevil in the books. Season one, Daredevil may be over, but we are by no means over. We are just getting started. Oh, my gosh. But for right now, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us. Courts adjourned. Courts adjourned.